Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuning into the adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. And I am your host, Kevin, as usual. And we are, in fact, in the basement. Uh, this is an all basement episode. We are back. We are we are restored. We are made whole once again. Uh, taped, uh, just taped uh, a review of Tyler Childers new album of uh, living colors new album down here with our good friends marcus dowling and eduardo nunez and uh and it's good to be back down here but uh but what we're gonna play today is some that we did right before the whole calamity happened and uh and, and it sort of falls in line with what we uh i think want to talk about a lot this year is is people are doing like the great work the old work the uh, the the backbone of the music industry. So we're going to be talking about Jim Lauderdale. He has a uh, new album out called London Southern. It's probably like his millionth. You'll hear a stone. it's not his millionth, but it's a lot. Uh, and this is a guy who has been around uh, since like mid seventies. Uh, made some albums in the eighties and whatnot. And it, he he is one of the most remarkable songwriters you have hopefully heard of, but probably have never heard of. And so now we're going to introduce you to him. And it's going to be awesome. Me and my friend Marcus Dowling are going to be down here talking about that. And then I'm going to tell you about a uh, uh, new album from Ben Solee. Uh, I hope I pronounced it right. He's a uh, Kentucky native and uh, a cellist. He likes to bike a lot and, uh, and likes to uh, make good music in his spare time. It's a great dude. I've seen him. A uh, bunch around DC, seen him at Newport Folk Festival. It's just, it's, it, it's awesome music, is what I'm saying, and and that's your podcast. So if you guys are strapped in, if you're ready, if you are, if you're comfortable down here in the new basement, we're still lacking a, still lacking a second couch. We got the futon back, got a new desk, but we need, we need a little more comfort. So if you have a, you know, if you're ready and you have any suggestions for comfort. Email them to kevinchunkyglasses.com and you can get them. Other than that, let's get down to it. Here's me and Mr. Dowling talking about uh, the remarkable new album from Jim Lauderdale, London Southern. Oh, you're taking your sweet time While you're making me Wait down the line They say that love Is patient and kind Oh, you're taking Your sweet time So long that we could be 
by uh, Jim Lauderdale. Uh, you are forgiven for not knowing who Jim Lauderdale is, uh, but not after this podcast, because uh, we're going to come for you if, you if you don't say. This guy, uh, James Russell Lauderdale, uh, he is a, he's won multiple Grammys uh, in Country Bluegrass and uh, Americana. To date, he has released 27 studio albums, collaborated with the likes of Ralph Stanley, Buddy Miller, Donna the Buffalo, for all you hippies out there. Uh, more importantly, my, my favorite work of his is actually with, uh, Robert Hunter, the Grateful Dead, that lyricist, that guy, um, he's had a documentary made about him in 2012 called the King of Broken Hearts, which shamefully I have not seen. I need to see this, but is it really, have you seen it? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I had to. Um, this is, this is, uh, this is a guy, he came up in the eighties. This is, you know, you might have been listening to that like, that sounds like classic country, man. It does because this guy studied this stuff, but he literally came up in the eighties. Uh, it was some of his first albums. People were like, "That's the Bakersfield sound," and that was intentional. Uh, he currently, right now, hosts a weekly radio show with Buddy Miller it's called the Buddy and Jim Show, <laughs> on our friend uh, Casey's organization, Sirius XM. Awesome. Also, co-host of Music City Roots, which is an amazing uh, show and podcast on, on PBS series, and. It, what I'm what I'm sort of getting at this guy has has been in it like, uh, and he's he's everywhere, but you don't know who he is. Much like Laurie McKenna for this last album, mm-hmm. and a lot of Nashville songwriters. He resides in Nashville. He showed up on the show Nashville, and I squeed. And Daria was like looking at me like, "What are you doing?" And I said, "That's Jim Lauderdale sitting beside Deacon." And I can't believe they put him on there. Except I can because of course they put him yeah, on there. Of course they did. But this is a guy, when you talk about uh, going back to the 50s and 60s, when you talk about the Bang Factory, you talk about the Brill Building, you talk about all this stuff, you talk about these people who just sat and wrote songs and were a machine, and more so than the Nashville system now. This is a guy out of time from that, because like by the time he got his first album, uh, he had written like over 100 songs. And they were all good. That's the problem. And they're right. all good in a way that people like John Hyatt is good. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's all these like touchstones, Neil Diamond, John Prine, you know, that when it's not pop country, it's not even uh, and we're going to maybe talk a little bit about country what this is. Uh but it's just like good songwriting and when you hear it uh maybe it's the American canon, maybe that's what it is. When you hear it it's it's outside of what we're used to and what we think is popular music uh, nowadays. But then you're like, fuck, I got to write a novel or some shit. Uh, this guy is so, so good and so unlucky. He has a, uh, he has <laughs> a term that people use called the Jim Lauderdale phenomenon. Uh, and basically uh, referring to the fact that Lauderdale was uh, nominated for a Grammy for his work. This is what he was doing, Ralph Stanley. Yeah. Uh, the same year he got dropped by his record label. Of course. Of course. Which is the industry. Look, that's the industry writ large. Oh, God. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I have loved this guy for pretty much ever. I think I heard him 10 years ago. 
and was like, Fuck, who's this dude? He's just a goofy uh, looking good uh, looking dude who, uh, I mean, on the album cover for this one, he's wearing a nice suit. <laughs> the type of suit Robert Ellis would wear. Yes. Uh, it's country. But he's he's singing this stuff uh, that is. He has uh, a mullet. He has a mullet. In real life. In 2017. In Ooh. real life. God bless him. And and But he's he has a mullet and all these things that scream redneck. He's from North Carolina, grew up in South Carolina. But then he goes and, and does a song. Uh, like I love you more, and says, "Hey, maybe he knows who Heather James is." Yeah. I love you more than I can show. I love you more than you could know. I'm overwhelmed. But I can't tell I love you more Than I let on It's just a dream That gets me by It's just a thing That I hold high it might not mean my hope was wrong. I love you more than I let on. There's really nothing else to lose. You won't ever. have to keep on keeping how I feel stay my secret you you cannot find a smoother uh, track from anybody in 2017 with a mullet <laughs> who who's friends with people like Nick Lowe and Elvis Costello <laughs> I no it that that is uh look admittedly like um, I just turned forty-five, so you. Some people would argue like, "Yeah, you like that older music," but that's not necessarily true. I like good music. I like classics, right. and this is this is a classic mode. This isn't even a classic American mode. This is just a weird universal thing. It's got the at last shuffle. It's got touches yep. into this. There's a cadence. There's a pace to this that is what soul music is about. And this fucking redneck from Nashville is like. Yeah, because he he understands all that, and and because the reality is that type of music is universal. Yep, it's no, it's not whether you're black, it's not whether you're. I had, had a conversation with somebody, uh, one of our followers, about the blues, and he was talking about Eric Clapton and how he thinks he sucks, and I said, well, he doesn't suck, but how it's this appropriation of stuff, and and there's a good statement. Oh man, that's no, really, a good that, that's perfect, a, that leads uh, right uh, into this album. Yeah, so yeah, well. and, and I forget, I forget what he actually. Who, who said the quote, but the quote was something like this, was that uh, African-Americans, like, have the blues. Caucasians and American can, like, tell you about it. Right. Which is, to, to a point, true. Right. But there is somewhere in that DNA something that is very just universal. Right. It was in Kendrick's album. 
Totally. When, he, when he says hypocrite. Yep. There's something in there that is just the thing that we're all supposed to connect to. Right. And, that's, and that's why you do it, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, this record's great. Like, okay, so the idea that Jim, uh, Jim Lauderdale decided to sit down and make this record because he was like, all right, I want to do an homage to, and he, wrote, and he did this album four years ago. People don't like people need to understand that. Like Jim, the Jim Lauderdale curse in the music industry. When you really start to understand the history of the music <laughs> industry, it's such a real thing. Yeah. Because okay, so like if you think about it like this, the Brill Building was a building in New York City. Like mm-hmm. this, this is the great part about talking about Jim Lauderdale. That's why it's wonderful. Because I feel the same way about him that you do. Yeah. In the Brill Building, there were like twenty songwriters. Songwriters one through five are the guys you know. Songwriters 5 through 10 are the people you kind of know. Songwriters 10 through 20 wrote every great B-side of all <laughs> yep. time. Yep. And never could get a song But placed. one of those guys was Neil Diamond. Right, right. Exactly. It was just like, he's just a scrub down there and be like, Sweet Caroline, none of y'all like it? Fuck y'all. Yeah, I'm going to record this myself. <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing with Jim Lauderdale. Jim Lauderdale and, 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 and Jim's like, even like, Jim's like double fucked because he's in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Where, like, all of the, the last of the Mohicans of songwriters that aren't Swedish. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know. Or, he also or, missed it by 10 years. Yeah. And the thing is, he's also, he's, he's completely out of place. Because if you look at this cover, he yeah. is every guy who is in L.A. writing <laughs> songs for Kenny and Dolly yep. in, like, 1978. Yeah, that's right. He's that guy. So that's the genius of this record. He's like, okay, I want to do this record where... And he's a music fanatic. He's a historian of the industry, like very few others. So he's like, I want to do this record that's like an homage to the the initial British invasion. So it's like, you're not talking about like cream Eric Clapton, but you're talking about like Eric Burden and the Animals. Well, it is the Animals. He specifically references The the Beatles. And I don't. Yeah, but go ahead. So you have like, so it's like there's this thing where the first wave of bands that touched American soil, they are all unique in the sense. And when you when you understand the history of like Eric Burden of the Animals, they didn't want to make Pat Boone records. Right. They were like, we want to, and and. They wanted to make black music because that's what they call it in the UK. Yeah. They don't call it soul music or R&B or pop or whatever. They call this style of music that they are making black music. 100%. What's even funnier about this, when you even break it down even further, is that past it being black music, it's also called London. So this album's called London Southern because the particular strain of Southern music that he's making is like Sun Records before Elvis Presley. So mm-hmm. the key with Elvis is that Elvis comes in and Elvis is like, I'm going to like put a sheen on these black records and make them palatable. Well, Carl that, Perkins and that, was made it. Carl Perkins is different from Elvis Presley in the way that Carl's records are rougher. Mm hmm. There's a roughness to them that's like kind of folky and not necessarily like smooth soul like yeah, I don't know. Elvis is. There's a difference between like Love Me Tender and like, you know, the original. There's a difference between the original Blue Suede Shoes 
and Elvis is blue suede there shoes. Absolutely. Is. I, I actually want to clear something up here. Like this is this gonna be like you can put a flagpole in this podcast of whether that's appropriation or not, and like how we would define appropriation. But it's not appropriation when you go back. I don't think it is either. To folk, you go back to the folk roots of this because when you go back in American history, the settlers, the the the, the settlers who ended up moving to. The South and yeah, Midwest. The, the, the Irish and the English. The Irish and English yeah. who moved to the South and Midwest. Basically rednecks. Playing... Everybody in the Appalachian is Irish or English. Right. People, but that's an important point because it, yeah. people who are listening to this podcast probably have no idea. Irish and English people are your traditional rednecks. Yeah. They are folk. They're playing folk music. And, and they're living next. To be the fair, they're who, who's fucking up America right now, but that's not yeah. over there. And then you have next to them are black people playing the blues and playing this sort of like pre-rock and roll style music. Yeah. So that weird commingling is what country comes yep. from in some mm-hmm. ways. It does. And that's where he is. So when you listen to this record, it's like, that's the genius of it. It's like, it's all in there because those records were the ones that went over to England and when you listen to like the animals and you listen to the early Beatles, those are those records. Well, I, I think, um, yeah, no, I, I think that's right. And I think, you know, what, what you're talking about and, and like I said, to, to define appropriation in those terms and, and maybe Jim Lauderdale's uh, thing, you know, when you go back to early country, when you go back to blues or anything like that, yes, you can certainly claim or you can certainly, it, it is a fact that like, African Americans own the blues. Yes. That's indisputable. What is beautiful about music, I think, is that that doesn't mean that only they can like express it. And you should be very cognizant of your <laughs> you should be cognizant and humble if you're choosing like like somebody like Phil Cook. Yeah. Loves gospel. Right. Phil's a white boy from Wisconsin. Like yes, he is. Upper Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, but he's got to produce the uh, Blind Boys from Alabama. Just put out a new single with them, actually. Right. And that type of thing is that's like that's the whole that's the whole point right. of music, and in large part to me, country music. So the cool thing about Jim though is that Jim has this way of understanding that the thing that makes the the the, the London and London London Southern so intriguing. Is that that first wave of British bands were like smack dab in the middle of like all of that stuff, yeah. and the best of those groups like, and there's a song called "I Can't Do Without You" that we're gonna play. That so uh, so you know what a skiffle is, right? Yes. Do you? I I think you, I I think you should actually explain. Okay, it. okay. So this is basically, and this was the 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 basis of Cass McCombs' album. Is that it's it's jazz, blues, folk, all that mixed up together, derived from improvised instruments. Right. The reason because it was made by poor people. Right. So it's the working class. So the working class. So if you have a jug, if you have a washboard, if you have a, a plastic bucket outside of the Verizon Center, exactly, you are making skiffle music. Right. It's cool. So uh, so the song I, th- I thought we were going to be playing is um, I can't do it without you, but it's actually <laughs> no right way to be wrong. Is, Thank we- you for the. 
for the update there, Kevin. It, ha- it happens, man. Yay. I got, I'm really, God, I'm really excited about this album. <laughs> I'm rarely ever excited about music these days, but I am excited about this record. I'll tell you why, because it's like the idea that you, you make an album called London Southern and you have the common sense to like say, I need to put a skiffle record on my London Southern album is a level of yeah. like appreciation of what you're attempting to do that like any modern artist should like take and like really appreciate and like understand exactly what makes that special. And I, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's, 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 um, yeah, it's got like, like that monkeys feel to it. Not monkeys, but, um, got the animals feel to it. It's got the, the, the Beatles feel to it in a way that like, Early, people, early, like Beatles demos. Yeah, people. Yeah, like if, you, if you heard like Beatles demos from like this shit in the cavern. Yeah, yeah, in Hamburg, in Hamburg, and 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 in the Liverpool gigs. Like if you heard yeah. that, you you understood. Uh, this was a band that was doing. God, <laughs> God, they were doing like three sets a day, seven nights a week, and that's why it's only eight days a right, week. Right? Yeah, but, it's so yeah. real. But uh, but so the thing with with, with people, it's God. This is this is crazy. I'm glad that we're talking about this because it's important. Important stuff to have, like, in the podcast. Um, the British invasion could have sounded completely differently had there not been, like, actual pop-minded people that, like, grabbed these bands before they shipped them across the water. So, yeah. like, people know the animals because of House of the Rising Sun, mm-hmm. which is this very beautiful, lush bananas orchestration. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the, to the Hammond organ that's all over this record, too. Yeah. Which is, like clearly an homage to like very early like british invasion stuff but like this beautiful lush beautiful amazingly orchestrated song or you have like you know like the the uh the beatles with like you know introducing like you know the the, the two and a half minute pop song yeah to like their their canon of music but like before that it was like guys play at Skiffle. Yeah. Because it was like these are all like blue collar, <laughs> really working was. class bands. If, if you, yeah. And if you think about like what a, uh, this is, uh, you know, we talk about a music city these days. And, and, and if you go to any other country, I think that's uh, pretty accurate. You'll see, you'll find this. You'll go into a downtown area at night and there will be like 20 clubs. Right. Supporting musicians. Yeah. New York has that to some degree. Uh, we certainly don't have it in D.C. It would be fucking fantastic. There are reasons why we don't. Right. Um, because everything's expensive as fuck in D.C. There but, it is. But, um, you know, this, I think this album and this, this song that we're going to play is the type of music that you would hear. Yeah. Every night. Like you, I mean, because it's, it's just so catchy and it's like just so good and it's just yeah. fun. It's a yeah. fun time. It's a... Uh, no right way to be wrong. Good sentiment, too. In Lauderdale. Look out when you come to that place in the road. Look out, find yourself another way to go.
Like, that's the thing. Um, another funny thing about this record that, that, like, I was mentioning to you off mic is that there's a thing in his, in his voice. And people will listen to this record and go, oh, this is just a country record. Mm-hmm. And and it's not. That's so not. Because. <laughs> so not. If you listen, and hopefully this will inspire people who listen to this to, like, listen to all of that great, like, 1962, 1963 mm-hmm. era, like, pre-Beatles on Ed Sullivan era, like, British Invasion stuff. Because there were, like, two people you wanted to sound like. It was, like, Carl Perkins or Chuck Berry. Like, that was it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you didn't sound like Carl Perkins or Chuck Berry, like, what were you even doing? Like. And so you and so like to have someone with that that timber of voice, right, right, do it. It's not a country thing. It's more a place homage to what that was and why that was significant. I I, I think yeah, and but and I think your point about uh, about this being the common man music and and this in general this London, London Southern sound being the common man music. Um, I, I think that's kind of important. Oh, extremely important. And, it, and it's something that has been forgotten about. If like I actually haven't been to London, um, but, you know, all that music that came from there along with the British Invasion in turn shaped everything that happened in America. Absolutely, because the thing about the British Invasion is that the British Invasion did two things to American music. Number one, it, like, killed off a lot of pop that was happening at that point because it just couldn't get on the charts. Yeah. It was just, like, like if you think about it, you go from, like, Pat Boone and Paul <laughs> Inca to, like... Oh, Paul Inca. Poor Paul like, Inca. To, like, the Lovin' Spoonful. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, no, like, the Lovin' Spoonful is, like... like could this be magic? Is like the next thing that happens. Mm. There's like a th- two or three year run where it's like if you were from London or Liverpool or Manchester, you had a really good Herman's Hermits had had a hit song. Yeah, multiple hit songs. Yeah, yeah. Henry Hen- Herman's Hermits wrote a song about Henry the Eighth. Yeah, <laughs> that topped the charts. Yeah, and just to give you an example, like that's where we went. We went from like. It- it's, Great, well-written rock and roll songs and pop songs to like songs about Henry the Eighth. <laughs> then like this San Francisco, I, Cali marijuana right. rock thing that happened. <laughs> marijuana rock. Oh, come on, man! I'm just being honest. They were on the pots. <laughs> <laughs> they, were. Like, <laughs> they were swallowing the pot pills. <laughs> Heard it here first. You gonna get big on band camp? Start tagging your shit with marijuana rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Hashtag subgenre. That that right there is worth continuing this for another three hundred episodes. <laughs> Every so often, I have a good one. Uh, yeah, it, it um yeah it it changed everything, and it it certainly uh, you don't think about it now at least. Uh, of it changing country because what you have now is bro country and I think uh well I, I don't think I know you still have Jim Lauderdale out there who's written some hits for big people like Blake yeah, Shelton recently no, they they still and, use this guy and yeah, now he's like, and that's and now okay he's but, but he does his, but he does his own thing and he still works with like Robert Hunter and he he this stuff is regardless of what's selling this stuff is always going to exist I mean to tie it back to the conversation we were having up front. It doesn't 
necessarily, if you're talking about your art, matter what's selling now. No. It matters that you made something good. Because I'll put this on in fucking 10 years. Of course. I'll just pull it out and be like, oh, yeah. This? <laughs> I, I remember that. I won't God, listen to it for 10 years. It's, Sal, proof, but... it's, like, it's like that conversation where we were talking to Matt and, we were talking to, uh, Matt and April. Yeah, yeah. And it's like when you say, okay, um, there's value in actually knowing what you're doing. Yeah. Like, because, okay, and here's a, here's a lesson to all musicians of the world. When you actually know what you're doing, everything you do can be this good. You become free. Yeah, and you can just, like, Jim Lauderdale had no reason to make a he has London. 27 fucking albums. <laughs> yeah. No, no reason to make this album, but he there, did. There's multiple years if you go through this. In, I think it was actually in, in a pl- time when he maybe shouldn't have done this. Uh, yeah, and when the music industry wasn't doing so great, um, like 2012, two albums, 2013, two okay. albums, 2000, he, he was putting out two albums a year, like, Here's a, throughout his career. God, this guy is perfect in, in, in a way where, okay, so like another lesson from, from Jim Lauderdale for all the people in, who, who make music, like, have another job. <laughs> Jim Lauderdale's a songwriter. Yeah. First and foremost. Yeah. Understand, like, like find, find, a, find an A&R or find a label exec or somebody somewhere who will tell you how much you get for writing good songs. Ask, ask somebody like Ryan McLaughlin from Typefighter. Right, like how much like, you get like, paid. Ask that and be like, you know, even if he doesn't get paid, that's what he does as part of his job. Like, get a publishing agent. Right, so you have if that. If you think you're a good songwriter. Right, so you have that. That agent is going to tell you whether or not you're a good songwriter. Right, so then so. you have that. So that then when you get the hairbraid scheme of like taking all the songs that you didn't sell to like Dwight Yoakam or <laughs> Amy Lou Harris or any other number of people that he's written for, like, you know, like you could make an album and just be like, I have a, cause this man had a hundred songs before he got, he even got on. That, that's so fucking wild because people, I mean, they were actually songs people wanted to buy. That's the thing. Right. Like he set a folder down in front of people and like, I'm ready to start which one of these are y'all going to buy? Which one am I going to do? And like, just let that, let that soak in. Yeah. If yeah, you're an so- artist listening to this, that I'm not saying you can or should do that. I'm just saying this yeah. is, this is what, if you want to know what dedication right. to your craft looks like, this right. is it. So like crazy, crazy story. I, I, I interviewed Ann 21. Who's the, the, the brother of, Axwell from Swedish House Mafia um, five years ago. And we sat down in a tent at Electric Zoo and I'm thinking we're going to have a conversation about, you know, whatever bullshit music he was making in 2011 that had him at Electric Zoo. But instead he goes, you know what I do in real life? And I'm like, what? He's like, I help my brother by putting lyrics to his productions yeah. so that I can help his creative process as a producer. And I go, well, why would you do that? He goes, oh, well, that's what all you did. That's what all you guys did in America for 40 years. Yep. <laughs> he's like, yep. he's like, yeah, he's like, not, he's like, he's like, I hope I'm not saying anything crazy here. And this is right before like the big Swedish house mafia run of like mainstream pop hits that yeah, for had sure. lyrics and words for sure, and, for sure. and such. And he's like, yeah, he's like, before we put out any of this stuff, he's like, we generally like have an idea that it's like meant for like 
far more than like a dance floor. And you're just like, oh, well then. Yeah, it's an, under- funny. it's an understanding of like the power of music and like what it does and what it can do. And that it doesn't need to be constrained by anything, even though we can call this. It's labeled on here as Americana. It was pitched to be as a country. It doesn't matter what the fuck it is. It's good. No, there's, uh, there's uh, a soul ballad. There's an Etta James soul ballad. There's an Etta James soul ballad Literal on this. Etta James soul it, ballad. It, 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 is, it is the sound of a guy uh, doing whatever he wants to do because he's frankly earned it not by getting comfortable and making all the fucking money because, like I said, the Jim Lauderdale effect is real. <laughs> so real. He's lost. He's been on, like, seven labels. Right. <laughs> that can't have been but fun. Like, so I think, like, but, so but, but, yeah. but you see from his work that it, instead of being like, oh, I didn't make it, he's like, didn't necessarily care about that. I, I care about writing oh, the song. No, but Jim, so Lauderdale's, Jim Lauderdale's that guy, and, I, and I'll, I'll use a, a rap, like, analogy here. He's like that guy who, like, is so dope that, like, when the label drops him, he literally pulls out his nuts and is like, I'm Jim Lauderdale. You are losing me. I'm not losing you. Have a good day. I I think 10 years ago, yeah, that probably was right. I think now he's just like, whatever, dude. (laughs) Right. He's like, I don't don't give a fuck. Yeah, but he's that guy who could be like, yeah, these are are my actual nuts, and you're losing me. Yeah. And I'm not losing you. And more to the point, you know, and we want to wrap this up, like, when people talk about artists like saving country music, it is not in need of saving because Jim Lauderdale is here. People like him. His peers no. like Dale Watson. If you guys haven't heard that guy, oh. Dale Watson's fucking amazing. Ray Benson, Ray Benson and Dale Watson put out the, one of the most fun records of okay. last year. Uh, and I got to see it at, at Lukenbach, Texas. So I, I'm just going to, we, we do create, we do fun trips like that sometimes. So you should go to Lukenbach. I'm going to, I'm going to tell somebody, I'm going to tell everybody listening to this podcast, something crazy. I've been meaning to say it on like the last three times yeah. I've been out to talk about country. Country's gonna run when, when country crosses over to the pop charts. Be afraid. When? No, but like when, like like Billboard top ten. It's already there, dude. No, but like when it like hits. Somebody wrote a ridiculous. Somebody wrote an absolutely ridiculous article about like hip hop is finally taking over rock or something. Like country has fucking left them in the pardon the pun dust. Yeah, like it's doing donuts but, but, okay, out in the no, field the there, and like that, throwing like, out their spit from the, the dip. When country, and like, when country decides, I guess it's the better way to say it. If everybody wants to know why I'm gonna start writing about country, because I'm I am gonna write about all the country. I you guys are ready. Here's why: because when country decides to come down from heaven and touch the top of the pop charts, country's gonna last there for like 25 years. Uh, there, yeah, there are there are better songwriters. There are better singers. <laughs> There are better producers. <laughs> there are better studio musicians. Yeah. When country gets in bed with EDM, it's a hit. When country gets in bed with rap, it's a hit. When country gets in bed with R&B, it's all the hits. <laughs> yeah, and you know why that is? Is because despite what, what the show Nashville would lead you to believe or anything, there's actually no ego. None. It's a fucking, they, they just, they, they assembly lined it and then made room for people who are going to do great stuff. I mean, look, Sturdle can be mad at whatever he wants, but uh, there's great country out there, so it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, like for people who are new to country, because a lot of people are listening to this podcast now who are friends of mine, yeah. fans of whatever I do, they listen to this podcast now, now they're getting in the country. Jim Lauderdale is a B-level songwriter in Nashville right now. I mean, I'm, I'm giving you a look, man. No, because the A-level are all making kind of okay albums out of the music that they can't sell. 
So like the Sonny Sweeney's of the world and people like that are making like yeah, yeah. the really yeah, like yeah, you low. See where you're going? I'm sure. Yeah, but he's not in that a rotation of people. So I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, it's not a grade. It's just it's a circle. No, it's a circle. He's gotcha. not in the a circle, yeah, yeah. and he's a genius. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what's crazy. I'm looking at his picture right now. He does look like a genius. <laughs> he's just like I'm. I'm here. Yeah, I can write that hit for you if you want me to. Yep. But if I don't write it for you, I'll write it for me. Yeah. So we're good either way. Yeah, man. So what? Uh, what's this album mean to you? What are you gonna do with I it? Tell people to try it. I'll tell. Like I guess I always say with these country albums, try every country Americana folk, whatever, whatever goofy BS genre they put on this stuff. Like try it because it's it's actually the best music. So like, why not? You can you can right, listen to, you can listen to this and listen to you know. But, Young so, but specifically, like Jim Lauderdale. Why Jim Lauderdale? Because he's an actual genius. Okay. Like, that's. There are very few people. Okay. There used to be a time where everybody was Jim Lauderdale in music. Oh, yeah? Where everybody on every label was Jim Lauderdale level genius. Except Corey Hart. Well, you know, he, he still wears his sunglasses at night. He does. So, you know. So, I just have to throw it in there. Like, he's, he's never been a genius. Right, right, right. But. There are very few people on Jim Lauderdale's level that are left walking about the music industry. Yeah, that you can yeah, stumble yeah, into. Yeah. yeah, which is why for me this is this is a complete buy it record. This is absolutely uh, for uh, as far as enjoyment goes. This is one of my favorite records so this fun. year. This is yeah, it's fun. It's varied. It's not a statement. It was like I mean, look, if I'm listening to country, I wish every album was made by Laurie McKenna. There is no way around that, and that's going to be that way for the next five yeah, years. I, 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 hope, because, that her, I because, hope that her follow-up doesn't like let you down. I don't that know like, how it could, but, <laughs> but, who, but who cares? It was because, so good, though. Because the bird and the rifle exists. If you tell me that Jim Lauderdale is doing something with Lauren McKenna after I, I wake Which up. Which totally happen, by the way. It should totally happen. And she'd be thrilled. Like, they are peers. They, are, this they is, know each other. And that's the thing, too, because other people don't get that. But, All these people know each other. But but if you if you are a country fan if you're a casual country fan, like just go out and support this, buy it. You'll you'll find a lot into it that you, you don't think of it as country. I a little balk at the the idea of this London Southern. Like I I think this is more. Uh, you know, there's two Van Morrison songs on here. Yeah. Essentially, not actual Van Morrison songs, but it's not like Van Morrison. So it's going back to like that, which had its Astral roots. In, yeah, it had its roots in like country and rhythm and blues. Yeah, and that's and that's fine, and, and it's great. But but uh, on the whole, it's just an album of like great songs done by a quote unquote country writer artist. And and I I don't think you, on, you can do any in 2017. You can do any better than that. Obviously, get on this wave before Rihanna does. You know. Uh, that's that's an It's funny you say that because it's gonna you, happen. I heard uh, the song of Lemonade from Beyonce. Daddy listens, and it's really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it's Just a really it. fucking good country song. Just saying, and it's out there, and the people balked at it in the country community, and uh, and maybe I'll say They're this: maybe, seeing Rihanna, and, and maybe God. I'll maybe I'll say this too: country community support him, and, and also support people. 
who want to come into it, like Beyonce, like Rihanna. I know you're racist as fuck. But, <laughs> but, but sometimes, look, the cross burning thing, that's for the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> during the week. Too true. During the week, here's what you do. When when Bay comes knocking or if Rihanna comes knocking or anybody yeah. comes knocking who isn't Cousin Bubba and you see they play this music that you love. Because this, this music is what binds your, if you're a redneck, yeah. This is what binds your family together, yeah, right? Literally, yeah. If you see somebody else who does that, maybe like turn on the blinders a little bit. I mean, like you know, not what I'm used to, but they really seem to dig it. So right. let's see if we can find a way to get along. And you'll find that, yeah, I, I think I, I don't want a Rihanna country album. I do want a Rihanna country song. Now that you said it, you'll, you'll get one. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I mean, Beyonce did it. And then she got on stage with the Dixie Chicks. That's fucking phenomenal. Right. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, for all of these, like, this, this is why I do these things. Because understand that artists like this man exist. That writers like this man exist. You have because to. Because this is the standard for, for uh, yeah. music yeah. moving forward now. Now that we've let Nashville into the room. Yeah. Like you, everybody else is in second place. Back into the room. Yeah, back into the room. Everybody else is in second place. Yep. Everybody. So that, that's what you take away. Mike uh, Will, second place. You know. Yep. Yeah. No. Yep. Well, thanks for hanging out, dude. Of course, and, dude. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Thursday with Guns and Roses. Oh man, this is a door. So says the sign You just got here right on time This is a door You got the key Come on in, baby, follow me You can either stand outside Jim Lauderdale, everybody. London Southern is available right now. Everybody go out and get it. It's available everywhere. Literally everywhere. And if he's coming to your town, go see him. Uh, say hi to a legend. You're not going to meet many of them in your lifetime. You're not going to meet uh, people like Willie Nelson, more than likely. But uh, this guy is up there. He is, he's, he's amazing. Jim, if you're listening to this, please, next time you come to D.C., let's talk. would love to talk to you, bro. Because, uh, yeah, big fan. Big fan. Um, also a big fan of the guy we're going to talk about right now, Mr. Ben So Lee. Uh, born in 1983. I don't know if that makes him a millennial, but uh, who gives a fuck? Because this guy is, is sort of the bomb. He is, a, he is much like Mr. Lauderdale is a legend. Uh, ben So Lee is a legend in the making. He is a cellist. He is a mandolinist. A multi-instrumentalist. He is a legend in the making. Uh, he he makes uh, how how to describe its music? It's like it's like uh, drinking a, a a perfectly aged glass of rye. It is uh, it is very pleasing and it is not jammy. 
but not not Jamie. Um, and and it, it, it has a social conscience. And, uh, and I remember a couple of years ago he did a thing where he he biked the entire tour. So he had a had a cello strapped to his bike, uh, which I think was a recliner. Uh, rolled up to Newport Folk Fest like that. Uh, basically, the guy uh, puts his money where his mouth is, and and where that is right now is his new album, Ben Soli and Kentucky Native, and uh, came out a few weeks ago. But as you know, we had a little um, we had a little emergency down here, and so we didn't quite get to it. So we're getting to it now, and we're and we're giving it to you as like sort of the after dinner mint for Jim Lauderdale. Uh, the name of the track we're going to play for you right now is Pieces of You. It is a remarkably, uh, fuck, this album is just enjoyable, man. That's all That's all I can say about it. It's like, you see, I, I saw I saw Ben Soli play at U Street Music Hall, and uh, the the place was packed, and this place is, is a little place in D.C. It's underground. It's not necessarily meant for uh, warm music. And by the end of the show, it was all, it, it was just, a, it was glowing, and, and that's sort of what you get off of that, and what you get off of his music. And so this this is this track, this is this album. There's not much more I can say about it. So this is uh, pieces of you uh, off of Ben Soli's Ben Soli and Kentucky Native. Hope you dig it. Well, I wish I could keep every piece of you. All the lies and the truth All the trophies from your youth And the phone you used to call me on I would put them all up on the shelf Just to be close to you Kisses and the fights, offers Christmas lights, the silver comb for your short black hair. I would put each one in its very own box just to have you near to me. Some people just see a pile of junk, they don't know that it's pieces of. Hear your laugh one more time Feel your hand holding mine 
of you for Ben Soli and Ben Soli's new album, Ben Soli and Kentucky Native. He's on tour right now. In fact, I think he's going to be heading to Philadelphia pretty soon. Uh, we'll put the tour date in the uh, tour dates in the show notes. Uh, shame he's not playing D.C. Love to see him. I'd love to have him down here and talk. It'd be great now that we're all fixed up. Uh, but hey, it'll happen eventually. It's cool. Keep doing what you're doing, Ben. Amazing, amazing shit. That is our podcast for this uh, episode and uh, rounding out this week. Uh, if you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us a, a, a rating or a message there. Although I think now it's called Apple Podcasts. And I don't know what it's going to be called in your iPhone X. Maybe it'll just be like Braincasts or something. Uh, but but if you don't have one of those, you can listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher, Mixcloud, uh, I think Spotify pretty soon. I'll, I'll let you know how that's going to be going. And uh, as always, thanks to Mr. Jamal Gray, a.k.a. Aquatic Gardener, a.k.a. the uh, director of Uptown Art House right here in Washington, D.C. for his interstitial music. Uh, you can find that on Bandcamp, link in the show notes. Our podcasting host is Pippa, our uh, host of our site is Squarespace now for seven years. Um, if you like this podcast and, you, and you, you like, you're like, yeah, I like this, but I also like live music. Go to the site chunkyglasses.com and check it out. Matt Condon and Mauricio Castro are out there every night uh, shooting live music in DC and beyond. In fact, Matt just got back from uh, Hopscotch, so there's going to be a huge uh, photo library up uh, for that, and it's going to be. I, I've seen the shots. His look. He took a shot of Run the Jewels from Hopscotch that is, in my now eight years of doing this, uh, it's, it's the best one of the best photos I've seen. Music photos. Just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe we do good work. Sometimes. Sometimes. Coming up in the next uh, few weeks, um, we are getting in October. It's a little slow, but before then... Uh, next week we have uh, a, a stellar panel and a stellar discussion about Living Colors stellar new album Shade uh, if you haven't heard it listen to it now come back and listen to us on Monday uh, to talk about it and then uh, Tyler Childers who's going to be playing here in Washington D.C. Uh, a little later on in the month but his album Purgatory is out and uh, spoiler it's fucking great it's great 
we just reviewed it, and I think I just ruined it. You, now you don't need to listen to the podcast. Please do. But but yeah, it's great. It's great. So we got that coming up, and then and then all through October, I think I think what we're talking about doing is we're going to touch on some. Uh, we're going to do some discologists. We're going to talk about like band things, like Walter Becker just died. That's a piece of my soul. Steely Dan. Steely Dan is a band that I uh, years ago when I had open heart emergency open heart surgery. I had two reasons to live: my lady. And I had tickets to see Steely Dan for the first time at uh, Constitution Hall. I survived. You're listening to me right now. But uh, this band means a lot to me. And uh, Donald Fagan lost his brother, Walter Fagan. So we're going to do an entire podcast with, I think it's going to be myself, Eduardo, and uh, Mr. Casey Ray. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be uh, maybe Mike Kentoff in here. Maybe Jack Clark. We'll see. We'll get some people. Uh, but, but we're going to get a bunch of uh, other people in here to just nerd the fuck out on bands because that's what we do and that's what we love and 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 it's uh i think that's why you listen and hey it'll be fun it's gonna be fun for us hopefully you enjoy it so we'll see you in a few short days until then be good to your ears but be better to your people uh talk to you soon No, <laughs> 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 <laughs>